Welcome to Nightlight, our home movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got David. What up, Spoop Kids? Spoop Kids. Also known as Nightly. Freddie is currently under the weather right now, um, so hopefully he's above the weather soon. Uh, <laughs> that's how the saying goes, right? But Freddie, rest in RIP. Uh, we are still a group of nights <laughs> with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. If you like that and want extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod, and that's night with a what? K. Nice. Now, before we even continue our month for I Believe, which honestly has been quite the month thus far, (laughs) starting the month off with They Live, and then kick things off with with signs and we all came back together as our trio with Cloverfield and now it's just us two again where <laughs> now we're, we're going to be talking about life but before we talk about life I want to give a special shout out to our ghoulish knights over on our patreon.com slash nightlight pod that's not with a K Alexis, Anna, Andrew, Brandon Brenna, Calvin, Daniel, Freddie Thank you, Freddie, but he's not here. He's currently sick right now, but that's okay. Jared, Jasmine, Jesse, Jessica, Kaylee, Mark, Petra, Rob, Rio, Samantha, Scary Stuff Podcast, Stephanie, Andrew, other Andrew, I guess, Cyan, Eric, Joe, Johnny, Kelly, Carrie, Layla, Patrick, Chantel, Stu, and last but certainly not least, uh, Willow. Thank you all so much for supporting us and keeping the dream alive at both of these tiers at our $5 and our $10 tier, also known as our torch and lantern tier. Thank you all so much. Seriously, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like your name to be shout out as well, please head on over to our patreon.com slash nightlight pod to learn how. All right. Now we can talk about life. First and foremost, Mm -hmm. David, thoughts you know there's nothing cozier to me than a a blockbuster space horror film and (laughs) i don't know why that that's the case i think it just reminds me of when they were extremely popular back in like the 2000s um that was like the summer film that would always come out um at least in my opinion I, i don't know why i have that vibe because I'm sure, like, if you look at it in an annual way or annual approach, it probably isn't annualized, but it just felt that way. Now, sure. with that being said, um, <laughs> I, I think I might find it cozy because a lot of these uh, movies can be kind of predictable, um, but in a fun way, right? Um, I think it's so interesting how this 2017 film feels like it's from 2006. Um, fair, <laughs> but I like it for that. Um, I think this is very much trying to uh, hone in on the the audiences that love those big budget space blockbuster film uh, films, and I think there's a lot that I like about this movie, and there's a lot that I um, maybe not like so much. I think the 
the creature design here is great up until a certain point. Um, I'm yeah. really fascinated with its early stages um, and the oh, mystique around so it. fucking awesome in its early stages too. I have to agree. Um, but, you know, once we get to the point where it's evolved and... Exactly. And not only that, but it has a very earth-like anatomy, right? You have a, a skull. Yeah, but more so like I think um, what I'm tired of seeing these films when it comes to creature design, falling back on these very traditional uh, anatomy designs, right? You have a skull, two eyes, a nose, a snout with a mouth. But like, you know, let's go crazy with it. This is a, a foreign alien like what if it has um eight eyes for ears and, and uh 16 nostrils and four mouths right like it, it, it David always Cronenberg style i like it i like <laughs> it i'm with you i'm with it, you <laughs> yeah man it always feels a little too safe when it um it tries to ground it in our reality a little bit more and i i, I that's why i love the early stages of this creature when it's it's almost starfish like and floaty and transparent i love it um but you know when we're able to put this aggressive uh these aggressive facial facial features on it 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 feels a little too too blockbustery and i know that's counterintuitive to what i was saying earlier but uh i have a, a hate love relationship with uh maybe this film and films like this because it's cozy but it's predictable at the same time but i i definitely would recommend this i think it's a great um, alien thriller film. I think it's a, a fun ride, and there's um some fun twists. Act too. Yeah, that's true. Justice for show. I mean, I I really wanted my boy to make it. Uh, he oh, just had yeah. a baby. You know, spoilers. True. But um, overall, I I would recommend this movie. Um, especially if you are into the sci-fi thrillers, I, I think it's a blast. I agree. Yeah, you know, and honestly. I wish I'm right there with you by wishing that it just stayed in its kind of starfish like state the whole time. And it just got large. I didn't even need it to get larger. Like I was completely fine with it just being this little minion of destruction. And that even their explanation of Calvin was fantastic where they were just like, he feels and hears everything all at the same time. And I thought that was so cool. And the fact that this thing was so smart and I don't know, like, I I just love that. Um, I wish I would have had a little bit more understanding by why it was attacking. Like, I didn't didn't get the point of that. But I mean, at the same time, who cares? Because it was a lot of fun to watch. (laughs) But like, Mm -hmm. I was just, I was just, um, that's like my main question. And we could theorize about this in Midnight Hour. But um, that was like my main question. It's like, why is it doing this? Like, is it trying to reproduce? Is it trying to just make its way to Earth so it can kill everything? Like, I don't, I don't get the point of this because it's not like, because I would have loved to have seen like a scene where, for example, when it killed Ryan Reynolds' character, um, spoilers uh, ahead of time, sorry y'all, but when it killed Ryan <laughs> Reynolds' character, I would have loved for it to like have laid eggs or something inside of him. And then those hatched and they had to not just fight one Calvin, but a fucking like a horde of them. 
Like I would have felt like that would have been so chaotic, but at the same time, that would have made a little bit more sense as to why this thing was doing what it was doing. That probably would have been a little too close to Alien, though. But Yeah, you know, I was very much waiting for that to happen. I thought that was going to be the twist that we were going to see. Um, so I'm right there with you. Um, I do agree with you. I wish we had some more uh, context of why this thing was so aggressive to attack. Um, right. It doesn't really make sense from where it started to what it became and what it was trying to do. And if it was so smart, um, I mean, if it was so intelligent as it comes off to be, it seems like it's kind of, if it is like, you know, killing for, for nutrition sake, it's killing its food source very quickly. And it knows right. it's going to be trapped there. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, this is a foreign entity. So it's bad, you know, and right. we're, the human race and it's dangerous to us. Um, right. So it, 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 it seems like it wasn't trying to really have people try to think about it too much and just enjoy the ride for what it was. Yeah. Unless it's a revenge story, right? Cause like, I guess Calvin technically goes in that state and they have to shock him back. And that's when he kind of like switches. Right. That's a really good point. Yeah. So like it could be a revenge story. Like you motherfuckers. Like holy shit. Yeah. Like you know I don't you like, I don't know. Like yeah exactly. Like you you guys were so nice at first and now you're not nice anymore. So like I I don't know if that's like what this was supposed to be. But I feel like this this film has a little bit of a hard time finding its identity. Um, but fuck it. Let's talk about it. Because this movie is fun. I do have a lot of fun with this movie. This is my second yeah, time totally. watching this. And yeah, I have a lot of fun with this movie. And uh, I I wouldn't say this movie is like a ride. But this movie, because def- it feels very linear. Um, and like you said, it's extremely predictable. Um, but there mm-hmm. is... <laughs> I do like how they tried to kind of create this red herring type of situation at the end when it was totally obvious who made it to earth and who didn't (laughs) but like yeah uh, yeah i I thought that was pretty funny but fuck it let's go ahead and talk about this shit life directed by daniel espinosa released may 26 2017 with a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes and a budget of 58 to 62 million dollars with a box office surprisingly of a hundred and point five million dollars i was actually quite surprised at that because i feel like this is a film that people wouldn't want to like i don't know though i mean i guess around the 2010s uh we did get a lot of like alien-esque type movies like prometheus came out again or we had alien covenant and all this other stuff so i guess that kind of makes sense but you know, it's interesting. There was another movie that we did on the show recently. Maybe it was Crawl. Uh, but I had um, made a comment saying, like, this was this was the end of a particular era of movie. Uh, I think Crawl came out in 2018, and this is a year yeah. before, right? 2017. Mm-hmm. Where you get such shift in in characters and storytelling, I think post-pandemic. Um, and I think because the bar got set a lot higher for expectations because not only were a lot of people indoors because of the pandemic, yeah. but you have the rise of TikTok and you see the creativity that is out there. And I think it really set new standards. Um, 
That's and fair. even though this has uh, a very stacked cast, I think the acting can lean into cheesy by today's standards. Maybe not in 2017, but I think today, yes. That's fair because a lot of the acting that you do see in this film is, I wouldn't say it's stale, but it is not up to par as I would have expected it coming from these actors that we see. Like Ryan Reynolds very much plays his character like he plays in every single other movie he's in. Yeah, it feels like exactly. just a little bit more toned down. Like, it's yeah. a, like he doesn't feel like he's as Ryan Reynolds as he could have been, like in Deadpool, for example. But like he he does still feel like the Ryan Reynolds we know when we've seen Ryan Reynolds in horror films before, like Amityville Horror, the remake, um, where we he plays a very specific character and he plays that character extremely well. Um, but then we have Jake Gyllenhaal, who I don't know, like I feel like he. I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal felt did very not want under, to be here. <laughs> yeah, he felt very underutilized. Right. Um, I, I think that's the best way I could put it. You, Jake Gyllenhaal was cast in the role, but I feel like you didn't really get um, the potential of what Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal in this role could be, if that yeah. makes sense. No, that makes um, sense. You, and I think with this movie, and I, I think it goes kind of back to, I truly think about 2018, being the end of this era, you know, 2019, it's, it's a transition point to 2020, but, um, and who knows, maybe the pandemic isn't a, a, a catalyst for that, but, um, it pretty much felt like the acting here and the writing was very much, uh, trying to capture the widest audience possible, um, while making it easy to understand, but also when they are uh, speaking technical space jargon, it just is there to sound smart. Versus oh, actually for being fucking sure smart, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That that's exactly how this felt. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly how this felt. But anyway, a rating of sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. We open to a capsule floating rapidly through space, getting struck by space rock particles, fading to the International Space Station on day one for the Mars Pilgrim 7 mission. Inside the ship, Dr. Miranda North speaks into a radio, stating that she's quarantined inside the station, continuing that the Pilgrim capsule completes its eighth month return from Mars, their mission to prepare to release to receive the capsule samples, but it is damaged. Sharing that it was struck and veered off course, her crew member Rory Adams is planning a, on spacewalking with the incoming capsule, grabbing it with a remote arm. She explains that they've been waiting a long time for the capsule, Rory putting himself in danger to secure it. The camera moves down the hall as one of the crew members, show moves through the halls. While he's moving through, Kat is concerned as she speaks with Rory about saving the capsule him wanting them to hurry up <laughs> this is what i mean by like ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds but like in a very uh non-ryan ryan reynoldsy type of way like i don't know like if you see him in like free guy like <laughs> yeah, i have that is ryan reynolds like no through, I, like I, he fucking committed to free guy this i feel like he wasn't really committed to <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. And I'm so glad you brought it up because if you weren't, I was going to because I had the exact same thoughts where I watched this. It felt like he was like, oh, I'll give myself up to 94% and right. the other 6%, I'm an astronaut. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> like an, an astronaut who fucking is also an engineer. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, it, it just felt a result. It felt so off. And his actions in some ways, his actions felt appropriate. I, I will say that his actions felt appropriate, but his acting just felt off. Like it just was something yeah. about it that like he was not committed to this role. I feel like it maybe it was a fact that he dies off very quickly, but I don't know. I don't know. Quite confident about saving the capsule, Cat reminding him that 8 billion people are at stake. Miranda instructs him to push the capsule into deep space if he can't save it, where he acts as if he if he can't hear her as she puts the suit on him. David checks his levels, calling it back to the crew as Rory asks show for the remote. He straps up and he's strapped up and ready to move. Miranda and David float down the hall, getting into position. He grabs his tablet cat asking him if he's on his way going down going back down the hall he tells show to move slowly asking how to how to, um excuse me uh asking how to say breathe in japanese show translates it commenting that it uh this was supposed to be a routine cat sounds off the time reading off the location of the capsule and her next in, um uh initial I think I meant to say intuitions, uh, but I said initiations. And I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joe transfers uh, control to wireless. Um, she calls out to control that she's initiating the uh, the sequence. They they acknowledge show wondering about the committee. She she insists that they will worry about them later. Wondering where uh, Rory is outside of the station. Rory calls out to show to see if he's ready. He turns on the thrusters. Rory uh, continues calling out that he's moving into position, controlling the arm. Miranda watches from the window above, looking out to the other side of the station. Hugh mocks um, that her worry lines are showing as as he comes to join her, explaining that he has a good feeling about this, knowing that Rory is going to deliver the capsule. I have a good feeling about this. David comes back into the room as Kat calls out the course correction, telling them to remember their training. He rebuttals that they never trained for this. She counts down her mark, flicking a switch. The station rumbles, sounding off an alarm for a proximity alert as the capsule has moved to a different spot. She commands them to ignore the alert, knowing that the capsule will miss them. She calls out to Rory. He shares that he's his He's downrange, breathing heavily that it's incoming and in, that it's coming in shallow, joking that he's having fun, rhetorically asking them if they are. David explains if he misses, it'll skip off the atmosphere, co- commanding him to fly it into nowhere. There, there being no harm da- uh, done. Hugh calls out the location, Rory also seeing it. Show instructs him to move or he'll hit him. Rory doesn't move, claiming that it's not going to hit him. Show pleads for him to move. Cat calls out to control that they have visual of the pilgrim Miranda calls out out to him he shoes her away prepping up the catch with his arm the capsule hitting it as um at high speeds David and Miranda call out to Rory he begins laughing everyone's relieved that he called the capsule Rory Rory celebrates as Cat shares the good news back to control control copies with congratulating them now I, I, a lot's fucking happened right yeah you know and it's the fact that they're trying to catch this capsule that this capsule has orbited Mars for eight months and collected shit. It's like, cool. Got to bring this capsule back. It collected a whole bunch of shit from Mars for eight months. And now we got to, we got to collect it. I do love this though. Um, 
this whole opening sequence, I will have to admit, mainly because of the verbiage that they use. For example, um, they call this thing the Pilgrim, and they call their ship Plymouth Rock. Yeah. So it's kind of like reminding me of like the Mayflower and things like that. Yeah, totally. Um, and it, it, it honestly, this movie is just colonialism. Like that's mm-hmm. that's all this movie really is. Like it's just colonizing. <laughs> You're totally and right. They lost. <laughs> that's all this. Yeah, exactly. Is. Yeah. <laughs> so. I find this this whole first like opening sequence just really sets up the fact that like these people are really working really hard to discover some new shit. For what reason? I'm yeah. Maybe that could be the context of Calvin attacking back, right? Uh, because as you said it's it's this foreign species coming and just taking you away and. Um, but it's a little tough to contextualize that when it it starts off as something and it grows because of their interaction. But uh, I think oh, that's great totally. points that you brought up. Yeah, definitely. Next day, he was pulling samples off the Mars rock inside a controlled container with a lab rat. He calls out the cat asking if he's ready. This was fucking weird. Like they showed this lab rat like six or seven times before it came <laughs> useful. Like, yeah. like, like, obviously this rat was here to show us how devastating Calvin's ability to shred something is, but, like, yeah. they showed it a lot. And I'm just like, uh, we get it. The rat's going to fucking die, and it's in captivity. Yeah. Like, we get it. Like, you act like this rat is going to be that, this important here. Uh, it would have been awesome for them to have that be on a human, though, because the way that this rat dies, it dies differently from everyone else. Like this rat like dies so badly that it disintegrates and disappears. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I think it's an example of um, how it kills. And I think um, the only yeah, reason we see it. But yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. But we'll get there. We'll I get think. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. She agrees that they are recording, calling out the time. He mentions that Pilgrim wasn't just seeing things in Mars' soil, them looking at a large single cell, it being unmistakably biological, unlike anything on Earth, appearing to have a nucleus and a cytoplasm, the cell wall also being thick. This is where that sciencey sciencey shit comes into play here. So mm-hmm. stick with yep. me, guys. Miranda watches from the other side of the glass with cheerful smirks on her face as Hugh continues discussing the fibers of the hairs looking like cilia longer than uh, what they are are used to seeing on Earth. It being more like phalagula, whatever. Science. Uh, he looks over at the computer asking show about the temperature. He answers it being negative 110 degrees. Hugh uh, instructs him to bring it up. Show does so, immediately getting the temperature higher. I thought that this is how you know this is a fucking American ass movie right here. Because, like, <laughs> this 100% would have been, if they really wanted to go like super sciencey on us, this would have been in fucking Kelvin or like. Yep. This would have been in Celsius. Like Fahrenheit is very much the last fair, the last thing that they would use to measure degrees here. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so very much an American ass movie right here. Uh, Rory comes over to look through the glass, commenting, um, "This is some reanimator shit." Shout the fuck out, because like this is how you know 
for a fact that like, okay, we had a slight horror fan writing a, a piece of this for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miranda claims that reference being obscure, he argues um, not for a, for a nerd. It's us. We're the nerds. We're, uh, Rory copy in that statement. The temperature continues rising as Hugh watches the cell, it not changing in shape. He tries a different atmosphere, releasing less oxygen and adding more carbon dioxide, wanting show to add a growth um, medium of glucose. Everyone watches intensely as the cell still keeps its same shape. One of the fibers begins to move. Miranda asking if it moved. He's silent as he continues watching attentively, the cell now moving fluidly, causing them all to gasp from excitement that it worked. Hugh calling out that they're looking at the first incontrovertible proof of life beyond Earth, chuckling as he calls it beautiful. Then, title card. Hell of a you know, cold open. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. this is a very generic cold open, which um, is kind of nice. The only other time that I've really, like, seen this done extremely well was Fresh. Like, that's the only, like, this to me was just fine, obviously. Like, it it, it set us up for what we're probably going to get ourselves into. But usually we're we're used to cold openings being, like, the warning. Right. Like this is exactly, your warning yeah. of what's going to happen. So this this is nice that it's like everything's nice. Everyone's happy. Everyone's like jolly, I guess, about this new discovery. So it's a little opposite. Yeah. Yeah. TV journalist Elizabeth Vargas is on a Skype call with the crew discussing their newfound life. Is Skype a thing still? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure like, people still use it. Oh, losers. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, Zoom like took over the world during the pandemic. So I was just like, you know, that was like time for Skype to really fucking shine because they've been doing it for way longer than Zoom has. Yeah, honestly, with Zoom, it was just right place, right time. And they got lucky. And one person, yeah. a couple of people started saying, we'll use Zoom. And everyone was like, that's what they're using. I guess we'll use it, too. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. A young boy named Alan asks if the color of it is green. Cat sharing that it is invisible, it being microscopic, putting it in a perspective of um, of their bodies being made up of trillions. Yeah, you stupid fucking kid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Alan asks if there's al- if um, there's an alien inside of him. Rory jokes that his teacher sometimes thinks so. David Muir, what? David Muir's in this movie? I just was so surprised that Elizabeth Vargas and David Muir both were in this movie. what like okay all right get that money get that bag get that bag david muir brings in another question from a young girl named mari um she asks if they are bringing it back to earth where he answers that they are going to keep it in space to study it safely cat travels the halls as she explains that the station is the most expensive house ever built 200 billion dollars in counting because they keep adding rooms it flying around earth 16 times a day adding that um over 100 people have lived there in 30 years. She goes up to David. He waves at the children while riding an an exercise bike. She shares that he's going to break the record of consecutive days in space, 473 straight days. One of the kids commenting that his mom um, uh, must miss him. He chuckles that she does, but um, he has family there. Miranda is running on a treadmill, mocking that he has one that teases him because his mom misses him. Cat introduces her, Vargas bringing up a question from Layla, asking how they go to the bathroom. Great question. Great question. (laughs) Now, this was interesting. So we find out in this moment that 
our boy, uh, Dr. Damn, I already forgot his name. <laughs> it's Cat Jordan. David Jordan. Thank you. David, David Jordan. David yeah. Jordan. So Dr. David Jordan has been there for 473 straight days. So he's been there for over a year. Um, and he likes it. So he likes being there over a year, no matter how much his body is deteriorating, the longer it's being there. So this was interesting for us to have this tidbit, but at the same time, all this shit still feels like it doesn't matter. I agree. Like there, they, we, we go through all these things. The only one that felt like it mattered was, um, Oh God, what's his name? Like I see, it's not David. It's Hugh. Hugh. That's the only one that feels like it kind of matters. Him having being paralyzed from the waist down, um, because the fucking alien uses that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucking smart. That's really cool. Like I, <laughs> I, I wish we would have done more of that to play on. Uh, to make this all make sense. But whatever. Show shows off how they go to the bathroom, it being similar to Earth. Hugh chimes in that it is also different, asking if they like peas. Um, ill, uh, allowing it to float <laughs> as he catches it in his mouth, exaggerating the taste. He's like, mm. I'm just like, bro, you know that nasty ass pea. <laughs> like, look, you know what bugs me? Peas? Sorry. <laughs> well, continue with your pea statement. Nah, it's all right. Peas are nasty. Going. Yeah, peas are and nasty. What bugs Suck. me is. This movie, and there's a lot of like big budge movies that do this. They got like, you know, they're out here saying these kids are like nine, 10 years old, but they got them acting like they're fucking three years old. <laughs> I hate that. It's yeah. the color green? Exactly. It's like <laughs> you're, you just said this kid is nine, 10. <laughs> yeah, for fucking sure. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know why they do that. I, I've never uh, I, understood that. I honestly just think it comes down to most adults that like write movies or like right. it's just just don't know it's how a, a nine year old acts. I I completely agree, and it's one of the reasons why I will never write a story up that involves children. Yeah, because I'm like I'm not a kid anymore. So like mm-hmm. I I feel like I wouldn't completely understand, especially a generational gap such as millennial versus Gen Z. Then we have Gen Alpha. Right, like yeah. Gen Alpha is now starting to become. I think the the oldest age is twelve for Gen Alpha. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I don't fucking know them. I don't know these kids. I don't know what they're into. Like, what what do you guys like now? Fortnite is that still a thing? <laughs> like, I don't know. Fortnite's you know? not cool anymore. Fortnite's uh, not cool it's anymore. About, I don't. I don't know. It's that. all about Cuphead Val- for them. Valorant or what? Valorant. Valorant? Nah, that's Valorant? Valorant's for old Gen Zers and uh, uh, millennials. But uh, oh, yeah, the, apparently the. The Gen Alpha kids, they like Cuphead of because of how hard it is. Okay, so all right, well that's kind of dope. I'm, yeah. I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm in. I'm in the fact <laughs> right? that like kind of platformers are making a comeback, and we got these kind of these brawling type of shooter platformers that are coming back. Uh, that's everything awesome. comes full circle. Everything goes full circle because Cuphead. If if I'm gonna be honest with everybody, Cuphead is just fucking Metroid. I'm just gonna say it right now, but <laughs> it's just Metroid with I a mean, different. It's, yeah. It's Metal Slug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even better. Yes, it's Metal Slug <laughs> with a different skin. That's all it is, y'all. That's all it is. Don't get me wrong. I love Cuphead. Uh, I, I love it. It's very great. And I'm very excited for the next Netflix show to come out soon. So 
I'm oh, glad. Came, I think it came out already. Did it? Oh, fuck. What yeah. are we doing recording this shit for? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what I'm watching this weekend. <laughs> anyway, they continue asking if they have a name for the specimen yet. Muir goes live to uh, Times Square to a little girl named Dominique speaking in front of the trail of cameras. She shouts out her school, Calvin Coolidge Elementary, and the, that 11,000 students chose the name Calvin. Uh, yeah, like again, the the delivery, like it, these poor kids being directed this way because it's like they think they're four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, act like you don't have teeth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Guts Rory calling in control, um, ranting about micromanaging, commenting that they aren't blood filled meat puppets. Hugh sighs as he continues about him um, being able to fix a shower, joking that if he can't, Hugh doesn't shower since he's British. Oh, fucking K. Like, this was a weird little segment that yeah, it's we weird. had here. It's weird. I'm like, well, where's all this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. They continue their silly mocking argument as Cat comments that uh, Control can't hear him, instructing him to just fix the shower. Meanwhile, Miranda is performing a physical on David as he mentions that he could do it himself. She understands, but rebuttals that he hasn't, smirking that doctors always forget to check on themselves. She scans his wristband, concluding that he spent too much time in, up there. His um, atrophy is accelerating. Um... She checks his lymph, no, lymph nodes, revealing that he's reached his radiation limit. Well, shit. Like, that sounds bad. Yeah, it does. That sounds real bad. And for those that don't know what, like, atrophy is, that's just, like, it's like your body tissue. And it's, like, you're, like, it's the, okay, I'm trying to think back of fucking high school. <laughs> All right. <laughs> atrophy is the... I want to say it's like the degeneration of your cells. Like your cells are going backwards. And I think they, they uh, instead of them regenerating, they are becoming less and lesser or stagnant. So it's the opposite that's happening. So it's like when your body tissue starts wasting away. I, you know what? what? I think what that, he said. I think that's right. But I could be so fucking wrong right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not I'm not one to comment on this. I have no idea. I don't know, man. I fucking went to medical high school, but like it I I feel like I, I know what I'm talking about, but I could completely be making that shit up. I have no idea. But I think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right, but I don't know. Whatever. I'm I have Google, but fuck it. Who cares? Who uses Google? Asking if he's noticed anything glowing in the dark, he smirks that he likes it up there, sharing a story about him being in the military, having to go to Syria, treating all the casualties and come and uh had to come back a week or two later, the whole village would have been bombed. She comments that Earth isn't all Syria. While scanning his hand, he continues that he can't stand uh, stand what they do down there. She argues that it's home and it's beautiful, asking him if he misses anything. He admits that he likes the hum and the air in there. She chuckles as, as uh, she wraps up. You know, like I said, this was very interesting that he has such a hatred based off of his PTSD. But I don't know. This is this is interesting. This is interesting. And I feel like we didn't go anywhere with this. Like it was very unnecessary. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. 
Anyway, Kat and Hugh are getting ready for bed. She compliments his work on Calvin. He accepts it, believing that this may be the greatest day of his life, wishing that he had a time machine to visit his 10-year-old self. She questions if he wanted to be an astronaut, but he admits that he wanted to be out of a wheelchair while rubbing his legs. She asks how he feels now. He compares himself feeling like a bird. They chuckle. He claims that he, um, that he actually loves his chair based on the genius who invented it. She calls him on, uh, she calls him one of the one of a kind as they all drift to sleep in their chambers day 12 show shares the time as hugh checks on the cell commenting that the glucose intake is rapid the sales moving toward in 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 Macy's as uh, a unit but they are sharing electrical activity um in what resembles a neural network he looks back at them though uh through the glass telling them to notice that he didn't say brain miranda shares quote that it is their educated opinion that the species is not a colony of fast dividing single-celled organisms but one larger solitary organism composed of trillions of identical cooperative cells end quote well shit that sounds fancy right that sounds real fancy. So what is it? Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, can you, can it feel things? Like, like, what's happening here? Like, what do you, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Hugh checks um, something on this on screen, calling it fascinating because unlike other multicellular organisms, Calvin's cell can perform every semant- uh, semantic uh, function as, on its own. Interesting. Again, the way that they're, they're explaining it, 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 it's, it can be kind of confusing because they're trying to sound very smart, smart with what their explanation. Yeah. And it's, it, it's definitely, it's so much jargon that it loses you. Yes. Like, like it, the jargon, they use it so much for so long that you're just like, well, fuck, mm-hmm. man, like this, this is now at this point, I'm not having a good time watching this as uh, the general audience. I guess, like, if this if this movie was shown to astronauts, probably they all or scientists are probably like, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that sounds dangerous. Like, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. Well, it's funny because uh, it's a lot of the time, like the people that actually know it or are in it, they're like, this is completely wrong. Like, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, they got it Very all wrong. True. It's like they they made all this shit up. They made all of it up. Yeah. Every cell's um, simultaneously a muscle, nerve, and photoreceptive cell. He puts his hand inside the gloves to interact with Calvin. Miranda con- uh, concluding that the creature is all muscle, brain, and eye. And that that makes a great explanation of what you were saying, David, where you were saying that like when they when it evolved and it had a face and it had eyes and uh, it had a mouth and nostrils and things like that, that really took away from the whole all muscle, all brain and yes, all eye. Yes. Like exactly. that just threw that whole thing out the window. So Yep. Like it it should have just stayed this weird state. This this very and it just, weird vertebrae. Yeah, it, it creates for so much more of an interesting creature. But yeah. the moment where it evolves and adapts to the point where it is a little more familiar, it it, it just loses all that momentum for me. Yeah, that's fair. Completely fair. 
He shares that Calvin now possesses the means to interact with his environment, including that the use of uh, proto-appendages. Calvin uh, rises up toward his hand as he, as he demonstrates it. Calvin transforms itself in front of his finger. Miranda's uh, showcasing that it is approaching and not retreating. Hugh agreeing that its curiosity outweighs its fear. The whole crew uh, gather around the glass, watching Hugh interact with the specimen. David calling it beautiful as Hugh moves his finger around Calvin, allowing it to follow him. The creature transforms into a two-armed organism. They, uh, they all smile as he greets it. Worry asking how asking him how it feels for him to be a dad. Well, like shit when your son turns on you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) The crew are all hanging out playing chess and cards while Show is encouraging his wife to push during birth. I wouldn't have left. I don't give a fuck how much you're paying me. If my wife, yeah, I like fuck that. I was I was starting to think like, what? Why aren't you there? Like. But who okay. knows? Who knows how long they've been up there? Maybe it's well. That wouldn't make sense because no matter what, <laughs> you, there's a. Tick, he could have been up there for a, a year. Clock. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whose baby is this show? <laughs> Back with the crew. David reading a book as Rory mocks his unenthusiastic reading, questioning the books has pictures. Uh, if the books has pictures, David asks if he would prefer if he uh, doesn't read it out loud. They all burst out laughing as Rory calls his reading beautiful. Show comes into the room, introducing the his newborn daughter May to everyone. They all cheer. Rory throwing him throwing more jokes at um. As he asks who, who the father is, that's actually funny. Now that you think about it, because we don't get context of how long they've been up there. Exactly. Yeah. So that makes that better, I guess. Cat <laughs> gives him um, good night, Moon. He thanks her as he as um, he thanks her um, as he goes back to his quarters. Cut to David placing something on his shoulder while looking at an X-ray diagram of his body. Um, his shoulder pulsing red as he floats. Once again, we don't come back to this. I don't know what, like, what does that mean? Is he in pain? Mm-hmm. Does he have cancer? Like, I don't know what any of this means. And we never revisit this. Mm-hmm. So, I I thought that was interesting. Like, Calvin doesn't use this against him or anything, so it's just like, what's the point of showing us this? Yeah, I think there was a lot of, uh, it seems like the writers were very ambitious and a lot of ideas were thrown out, but we didn't really get to hone in and polish a lot of these uh, branching story. Right. I agree. Hugh is with Calvin, allowing the specimen to climb up his finger. Miranda watching in shock from the other side. Day 25, an alarm is sounding off. Rory rushes over to the lab, trying to fix whatever is broken over the testing environment. He tightens something that causes the smoke to stop, asking for Miranda to check on the O2 levels. She answers that they are all that they are clear for contamination. Hugh smiles that they're okay, and Calvin is safe. She doesn't understand um, how this happened, claiming that nothing in the lab can malfunction. He reveals that the clamp failed. It being on him. Rory coming back into the room, agreeing that it's that it's him. Miranda argues that protecting the firewalls is her job, but she can't do it alone. Explaining that Kibo wasn't designed to, uh, for strict firewall lockdown, and neither is the station. There being zero precedent for this uh, for this to happen. 
commanding that he cannot come out of the lab without triple checking everything and not, and to not go inside the lab without a proper rest. Continuing that they don't truly understand what they're carrying and it possibly being anthrax. He argues that they can't compare Calvin to anthrax. Why the fuck not? I don't know what this fucking thing is. You don't know what this thing is. You just have this fucking hard on for it because you discovered it. Like, well, fuck you, Hugh. I don't give a shit who you are. We don't know what this thing is. I'm just saying. Good point. I'm with her on this method where it's just like, we don't know what this thing is. This thing could be whatever it needs to be. We don't know if it is dangerous or not yet. Right? What if it's just scoping us out or waiting to get strong enough? Yeah, and you know it's very interesting that they uh, they go about really observing it in a. This is neato. Let's like see what it does, right? But it, it doesn't seem like there's a plan on how they approach this because they should be aware of the potential danger, and they should have precautions for that. And I guess they do with their so-called firewalls of you know the cage and lab. But I feel like there's more that could have been done. I agree. Completely agree. Rory chiming in that he knows about five people that can do his job, but nobody can uh, do Hugh's job. Him not wanting to be around that thing because he's not qualified. Hugh claims to understand, reiterating the comparison. Rory yells for him to stop calling it Calvin because they don't know what it is. Mentioning that he's in there playing around with it like it's his buddy. Miranda adds that uh, this will never be be a controlled experiment, wanting to agree that they made the first and last mistake. Miranda is in her pod, writing down in her journal about the growth of Calvin revealing that it's inactive um believing that it could be due to a clamp failure which caused a change of temporary air pressure in the box their working theory is that the that the that it's in hibernation could be a defense mechanism everyone being on edge hugh also beating himself up but she's relieved because calvin was growing very fast and i guess this might be our answer right here right where the hibernation could be a defense mechanism and when it woke up it was an fucking offense mode or defense mode right like it could still be technically defending itself because it's one of it and all it's trying to probably do is survive at this point knowing that they're all trying to kill it but that's a good point yeah so maybe this is our answer as to why calvin's doing what it's doing but it still doesn't explain why calvin wants to go to earth so i mean does it I don't know. Like, I, I think so. Cause it like solidifies at, the, well, get there. We'll get there. Um, while she's talking, he was working on calculations on, um, on his pot's window. She continues that this hibernation has given her time to reinforce firewall precautions with the crew, the box and lab staying sealed. No matter, no matter the risk for Calvin or to Calvin. Uh, this was interesting. You know what I find always fascinating? I find fascinating that mathematicians and shit and fucking scientists and shit could just do math out of their out of the fucking um like air. It's just math comes <laughs> out of nowhere. You're just like, all right, here's this fucking formula that I just made up, and it's gonna work great. When all I could do is be like, all right, here's two plus two equals four. <laughs> i feel that like i'm just like how are you coming up with these fucking i don't know theories to make all these equations like mathematicians are so fucking cool to me like the (laughs) correct like 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 all these theorems that we get and shit when you're just like wait how did you like what how did what (laughs) how did you do that 
do you mean this is the fucking equation to a slope? How did you find that? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I've always found that shit to be super fascinating. But hey, I guess I'm more into history than actual math. Hugh admits <laughs> that the, his mistake has caused Calvin to be in the state while uh, Miranda is running an exam on him. While she's checking on his leg, he shares that uh, he's thinking about simulating it elect- uh, electrically, asking about her thoughts. She responds about that not being her call, her job being lines of defense. We heard you the first time. Wanting him to imagine all the worst things that can happen, her planning for all of them. He understands, believing that they are going to learn so much about life because of Calvin. What, what do you mean about life? Like, yeah, what? Well, like, it's the name of the movie. I mean, fair, <laughs> but like, what, but it's just like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> learn so much about life. Like, how much more do you need to learn about life? I think the like, line could have been a lot better because it's clear that they're they're meaning terrestrial life or alien life, right? But um. It's just delivered weirdly because it's like it almost yeah. feels like she's stating or they're stating like, wow, we'll finally be able to understand why we're why we Alive. exist. Yeah, like that's yeah. what it sounded like. It sounded like that's that's what he was going at where I'm just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he continues learning of its origin, nature and possibly its meaning. She understands. He questions what if Calvin can make stem cells obsolete, help cure the incurable or reverse the irreversible. Him wanting to uh, to fix this. She commands him to stretch. Meanwhile, Sho and Rory are prepping up for the electrical treatment for Calvin. Rory asking Hugh if he's sure that it won't hurt it. He explains that it's very low uh, voltage and they are only sim- stimulating it. Rory questions what uh, what his hope is. Hugh hoping to wake it up and they're seeing under th- uh, what conditions it uh, reengages with its environment. He puts on the gloves, grabbing the wand. Miranda comes into the room to witness Hugh shock Calvin. A few shocks, but nothing is happening. Rory asking if he's sure that it isn't dead, but Hugh knows that it is that it's alive. He eggs on the alien creature, telling it to wake up as he shocks it in another location. Calvin then springs up, attaching itself to Hugh's arm, crushing the wand. Rory asks what's wrong. Hugh reveals that he that it broke the wand. David hears beeping, checking Hugh's vitals. Trying to stay calm, Hugh shares that he's going to try and pull his hand out. Miranda allows him, but instructs him to protect the glove. Through the camera, she show notices that it's gripping the glass. Hugh puts his hand on the glass, trying to push away um, with all his might. Calvin adding more fibers to grip onto the glass. Miranda wonders how hard it's holding onto him. He claims that it's like a firm handshake. It, uh, it not hurting, but it's growing strong. A firm handshake? I don't know, man. Even if it's a firm handshake, I feel like you can release yourself. This yeah. definitely sounds a lot more violent than a firm handshake. This was actually my my favorite part of the film, and oh, it's so good. the most excited. Yeah, because it's like there's something about the way the scene is delivered and the size of Calvin and how non threatening it looks. But to see this this really rapid shift and uh, to see the result of like the ignorance of like trying to play with this foreign creature it's just something about it is very satisfying to watch i completely agree it really truly is cat comes yeah. into the room miranda revealing that it's 
it got it's got Hugh's hand. David whispers with his heart rate is uh, that his heart rate is beating. Excuse me. David whispers that his heart rate is 165. Cat asks uh, show if if they can trust the glove, reclaiming that the glove isn't going anywhere. Hugh is becoming more scared. David instructing Miranda to tell him to relax. He instructs him. To, uh, she instructs him to relax his hand. <laughs> he shares um, that it's in between his fingers, becoming tighter and tighter. Holy fuck. Rory asks if he uh, could go go in there and get him, but Miranda sh- uh, shoots it down, not wanting him to go inside. She argues that they have to maintain quarantine. Hugh explains that he can do this. She asks if uh, if he can try and distract it. Um, he be- he believes he can, trying to see if he has interest in the wand. Put uh, putting his hand back inside, or putting his other hand back inside the other glove, grabbing the wand and gently approaching it. Calvin begins wrapping around it ra- around the wand, but loses interest. It grips his hand even tighter now. He grunts b- uh, before screaming as it starts shattering his fucking hand. The team call out to him, but uh, but he continues grunting, pounding, and pleading for help. David yells, "Quote, what the fuck is going on?" End quote. <laughs> as Miranda still commands him to not go inside, they want to. They want him to wait. He yells for what the creature continues cru- while the creature continues crushing his his uh, Hugh's hand. He pleads for the creature not to do this, but it bends his finger back like it's fucking nothing. While everyone yells and argues about going inside to help, David commands Rory to just open the door. Hugh passes out. Rory tells them to wait. Hugh's broken and limp hand slipping out of the glove. Rory tells them. That he's out as Hughes floats next to the block, to the box. Calvin pulls it, itself through the glove, trying to reach him. David asks for Hughes' vitals, show sharing that it is one twenty six and dropping. Miranda wondering what is do, uh, what it's doing as it's retreating back inside. It grabs the wand, breaking off a piece, then then heads back inside the glove, puncturing the glove and slipping out. It scurries around the room, hiding out for a moment before going inside the lab rat's containment. The rat sniffs it before snapping at Calvin. It wraps around the rat. Secreting some type of material on the rat, causing it to be skinned until it's dematerialized. Rory takes the opportunity to open the door and grab Hugh. They pull him back into the into the room. Calvin attaching to Rory's leg. David forcing the door closed, leaving him behind with the creature. Rory understands. David being called over to assist Hugh. Cat telling Rory that he cannot be he cannot let him out. That she cannot let him out. While simultaneously checking on Hugh, Rory asks for any suggestions. Okay, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, and like yeah. this and scene I think is this, not uh, even done yet, but like there's so <laughs> much happening. Yeah, this scene is definitely, I, in my opinion, the strongest in the entire film. Um, and I, I think Cat like has long. the right. Yeah, it is. It's it's really uh, played out, but in a good way, like um, because. Again, this is like the the shifting point, right? Changing the mood completely for what this movie is going to be, and uh, you know, I, I maybe this is post pandemic talk, and I always bring it up as a comparison, but like I feel like Cat had the the right move of saying like, "Yo, we can't go in there. We don't know if it's gonna just take us all out." You know, sad to say, right? Um, but I get it. I get the human uh, aspect of it, where it's like that's that's someone that you've just sent who knows how long with up here in space and you've grown a connection. So it's very hard to just like let someone 
just be in in danger. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the tough part where like, I wonder if they would not have gone in there for, uh, uh, Hugh, would this have been different, right? Like what would it, would Calvin still have figured out a way to get out? I think it would have, I think it would still have figured out a way. So either way they were fucked. Okay. So, but I know I, the, another reason why I like this scene so much is because Rory knew that they needed Hugh. So Rory's just like, okay, I'm going to potentially sacrifice myself because we need Hugh. Hugh's the only person on this ship that truly understands this thing better than they all do. So yeah, that's a really good point. So I, he he took that risk, and obviously it was a huge risk to take because homie got got. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cat instructs him to get an oxygen candle and burn it off. He tries uh, staying calm while grabbing the candle, breaking the glass, and burning Calvin. It flies off his leg, moving and watching him while blocking his path. He asks about what to do now. Cat wondering how they get they get him out. Or how they are going to get him out. Miranda explains that they need to get to Cal- they need to get Calvin back behind Firewall One, and they- then they can pull out Rory. Rory says, "Fuck this!" Asking for permission <laughs> to kill it. Calvin starts inching back toward it toward him as Cat allows him to kill it. He calls out to Shell for suggestions. He questions the incinerator. Rory agrees, moving toward uh, t- uh toward it as Shell gives the instructions to disconnect it. He grabs it. Shell mentions that the fuel is limited, turning on manual override. He slowly approaches it, firing off it, jumping and moving across the ceiling. He moves to the other corner uh, by the cl- by the glass as the as the fucking thing continues moving across the ceiling. And this thing is fucking jetting, right? Like it is like, yeah, man, like it's Dr. adorable, Zorkberg. dude. Like it's just crazy. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it's very accurate. (laughs) Miranda calls out to him, not able to finish, but he already understands that she's uh, what she's going to say. He fires an incinerator at it, but it continues moving. Rory follows it, trying to continue burning it. Show tells him that he's wasting too much fuel. Calvin is on the other is in. Calvin is in the corner of the room. It's body pulsing before moving behind some cabinets. David and Kat call out to Rory to stop as as he pants and opens the container, firing immediately inside. But the creature is not inside, show giving the shitty news of him being out of fuel. He opens another cabinet, but it's still not there. He hears it clattering about, Miranda screaming out that it's behind him. Calvin grabs onto his face, pulling itself into Rory's mouth. He tries pulling it off his face, but it's too slippery. Moving into his throat, he begins choking and gasping as David shouts for them to open the door. Miranda argues that they can't, while Kat tries ta- uh, talking to Rory. Rory talks um, out of his earpiece, or excuse me, Rory takes out his earpiece as he moves toward the door, spitting out floating blood. He releases a pool of blood until he dies, and Calvin moves back out of his body and Calvin moves back um back out of his body through his mouth leaving his lifeless body floating in the center of the room they're breathing all shuddering as Miranda notices that it, the incinerator moves toward the fire alarm it sounds off cat and show springing into action Miranda trying to see inside the new, the now red room Calvin finally comes out of Rory's mouth even larger this time moving toward the pr- pressurized extinguisher Miranda shares uh that 
with Cat and show that it's trying to get out. Show cannot express the system. Um, excuse me. Show cannot access this system since the CPU overwrote overwrote them. That's not how CPUs work, right? <laughs> like, nope. When they're like, the CPU is overriding us. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? Cozy. <laughs> what do I mean by cozy? <laughs> Miranda instructing them to shut the system down. It shuts. The, it shuts. Uh, excuse me. It shuts down the creature searching for another way. Um she wonders how smart Calvin actually is. Hugh now awake, knowing that it feels the airflow and it looks, it's looking to escape. She can't control all of them at once. Cat, or show can't control all of them at once. Cat instructs him to quickly shut them off one by one. He does so as Calvin continues moving to each one. Miranda instructs him, instructs him to seal the lab and shut it down. Cat explains that they're on it, but that's enough. The creature makes it in, uh, excuse me, but that's not enough. The creature makes it inside one of the extinguisher. Miranda no longer sees it. David thinking that it could be anywhere. She continues the, that the firewall, um, that firewall too, has failed. As she continues shuddering, not taking her eyes off the lab. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What a fuck! So a lot scene. happened. A yeah. lot has happened. You know, it's really frustrating and sad um, that Rory dies solely because I feel like he didn't have to die. Uh, yeah, it was more so sure. a move of uh, just ignorance, I guess. Because you now, show tells him you're out of fuel. At that point, Calvin is hiding out of fear of getting burned. And that was his opportunity to escape and leave Calvin in that room all alone. But what does he do? Without any fuel, he continues to look for him. And <laughs> it's such a bad move. I, I don't realize, like, I feel like it could have been written better. And it's it's sure. really frustrating when you just see someone die so easily like that. But the kill is gnarly and we get oh, a super sick kill for it. It's an amazing kill. And the yeah, way that it, it looks when it comes out of his mouth is fantastic. Like it's yes, easily one it of the is. best kills in this because it's the only kill that we get that's like it. Um, yeah, but I do, I do agree with you for sure. Um, but they do mention we do have to point out that they do mention that Cat won't allow him inside because Miranda said they need to get him back into Firewall One, which was his box. Before he can leave. Yeah, but they got Hugh back in, which was also what was said. Like, they're like, we can bring him in, right. but they did it anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Like, it, it looks like to me, Rory did that out of. Um, Just, uh, I'm going to save you. I don't give a fuck what is being said. Right. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like, you know, and, and I feel like he did that mainly be, because he was being a little rebellious so he can get Hugh out of there. Um, yeah. As Hugh states later when they start having their moment to mourn uh, Rory. But 
cut to them wrapping up Rory's body, David telling Kat that they need to reestablish quarantine. She comments that she'll get a distress call out. She gets, she calls control, sharing that the specimen's location is unknown and it's considered, considered hostile and deadly. Their intent is to isolate and destroy it, continuing course of action unless they're instructed or the, otherwise. Meanwhile, David and Miranda are grabbing weapons, um, to be, to, uh, begin the, def- the defense, excuse me, um, to begin defending. Um, show stops Cat, sharing that they lost them. She wonders how much went out. He believes that some did, but there's no way of knowing for sure. She questions if they can at least talk to each other, calling out to David. He responds, them only losing contact to Earth. Show is about to mention um, something, but uh, stops when he realizes that all outside comms are down. She questions if the sprinklers could affect it, but he explains that uh they can't because they are independent. She asks him to run diagnostics, but the transmitter has failed. The only way to go outside is to, the only way to, um, to get back online is to go outside. Cat is ready to take, take one for the team, but he insists that he shoot, uh, he shoots it, but he, excuse me, but he insists that he will do it, um, which ends up with her shooting him down, knowing that she's ne- the next best qualified after Rory. Okay. Sure. That's enough for me. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. yeah, she's the captain of this uh, space station, I guess. But, like, I guess how important is she, right? She just barks orders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Who cares? While she is suiting up, David explains that this isn't uh, this isn't in protocol. It being too risky to go out there and fix comps, especially since they don't know where Calvin is. Also mentioning that he hasn't had um, her nitrogen de- detox. Her health being his responsibility. She claims that she'll be fine. He repeats um, her saying, "Quote slow to go fast." End quote. That no longer being an option. Bringing up the fact that they can escape it, um, in their lifeboats. Miranda reminds him that Earth is the her is the responsibility and nothing is to go down to the planet it being stipulated in writing i don't give a fuck take me to jail <laughs> like i don't give a fuck i am using that fucking pod i'm out i'm out i'm out yep. if y'all like, want to stay what, here what happened i was jail time just like, go to jail what you gonna charge me with a fine i don't give a fuck <laughs> I'll, at least i get to pay my fine at home <laughs> like and be yeah, all right true. like fuck that i don't care I mean, think about it though. Like, if you bring something that's detrimental to the planet, you probably don't need a trip about jail. Honestly, yeah, fuck it, whatever. You know what I'm saying? At least, I, <laughs> at least I could go home. Like, if I bring this shit here, like, at least I could still probably possibly go home. Like, yeah, and at least like prep up with the fucking military and shit. I don't know. True. Like, fuck y'all, I'm out. <laughs> y'all say it. it's in writing. The fuck? I don't care. I'll, I'll shred that paper. I don't care. What does that mean? <laughs> well, he let asked, me write this down. Right. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I am out. You know how many things I broke NDA on because it was in writing? I don't care. This doesn't stop me. He asked uh, what... <laughs> He asks what uh, what she is talking about, throwing the question at Cat. They both ignore his question. Cat bringing the subject back on on her mission to get control back online. Then her attention, uh, then their attention back to Calvin. She tells them tells him not to worry. Cut to them checking on her vitals, which are calm. She comment uh, show commenting that her suit is running warm. She compares it to a Siberian summer while she's at the transmitter, beginning the diagnostic, telling that. 
telling them that it is overheated, noticing scorching. Waiting that waiting to check the coolant valves, questioning the possibility of Calvin getting into coolant, needing needing to know she twists off the valve, uh, finding the issue there being nothing inside. Hugh explains that Calvin is a carbon-based organism. It needing food, water, and oxygen, having to consider the possibility of it consuming the coolant for food. Cat calls for for David to list all the the water base up aboard. She he shares that there's plenty of drinking water, coolant for comms, CPU, and spacesuits. Calvin springs out of the valve, grabbing onto her suit. Miranda checks on her, though. Uh, excuse me. Miranda checks on her through a, another window as Kat comments that it's bigger. Calvin uh, walks around uh, looking looking for a way in, then wondering if it can breathe out there. All right. As a captain, <laughs> well, I say you were this captain, right? Do you, mm-hmm. would, would you have taken one for the team and be like, oh, shit, Calvin jumped on me, and would you have just floated out to space? Or uh, honestly, I okay. As a captain, <laughs> yes. As myself, probably not. <laughs> Fair point. I yeah. I don't know. I was really thinking about this. I was like, if I was in her shoes, would I've just been like, all right, I'm gonna take this one for my team and float out in the space. But what if she would have floated out in the space and Calvin just jumped back? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what ends up happening. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Hugh confidently shares that it cannot, um, but it can possibly store um, oxygen for a long period of time. She she closes the valve as the creature uh, squeezes and climbs on her up her leg. Uh, they ask if she's all right. She believes that her suit is strong enough. Miranda instructs her to uh, to go to the airlock as it twists up her leg. This is so fucking smart of this thing because this thing is like this is where your coolant is so i'm just gonna fucking break it through your suit and you're gonna (laughs) drown and i'm like oh fuck it's it's insane how intelligent it is because it's aware of like things a fucking cow machine i mean it also like it knows like how our suit works and all that it's it's interesting very very interesting like i i it catches me off guard on how fucking smart this thing is yeah but hey whatever david says fuck this as he heads to the (laughs) airlock to burn um the alien off show tells cat to focus on david or excuse me show tells cat to focus on meeting david and they'll worry about the comms later a liquid starts floating around in her suit she calls out to uh to him to warn him that calvin must have broken broken it or broken into it. He reassures her that uh, there's enough coolant. She knows. She knows. Commanding David to meet her at the airlock. David moves faster toward the airlock. She mentions that it's squeezing harder. Um, Hugh explains that Calvin knows exactly what it's doing. It growing smarter. She comments that the liquid is blocking her vision, um, not being able to see, uh, not being. Excuse me. Not being believing that she has enough time, having to jump. She warns her that uh, the tether won't reach, but she unclips herself. She jumps across, crashing into the other side, trembling as she catches herself. Her helmet filling up more and more as she quickly moves up the other side. Miranda tells David 
that she's taken Kat off the channel to share that her heart is beating out of her chest because she's drowning, preparing him that she may not be rational. I mean, a little less than that. That's for sure. <laughs> she may not be alive. Yep. What the fuck? Fuck rationality. Yep. <laughs> David is quickly putting on his suit, telling show that he doesn't want an EVA while using the launch, while using the launch suit. Show rebuttals that it isn't designed for this, there not being enough protection. He claims that he knows Miranda blurting, blurting that cat has, is less than a minute out. He commands, uh, to vent the airlock while show asks him about the decompression. He commands him to just do it while show explains that'll hurt, questioning if his helmet is sealed. David yells at him. Show presses the button. David screams as he pushes his helmet down with all his might and attaches his hose. Show comments that they are running out of time, Kat gurgles as she makes it to the airlock with Calvin on her, on her back. He instructs her to not to swallow swallow it because it's toxic. Cal calmly asking for her to uh, to help him open the valve. Now this is where it gets fascinating. It's this moment where she's just like, "Okay, I'm not going to make it. Therefore, but I'm, gonna I'm not going to help them. you open up this valve." Yeah, but. If that's the case, start fucking pushing. Jump off. What are you doing? You're standing here that's way a good too point. long. I think it's hard, right? If uh, like she probably thinks like this is enough. This is enough and I'm going to be looking at David Dr. David Jordan until my last moment. <laughs> and and uh you know, she's drowning at the same time. So, yeah. Must be disorienting. That's opinion. true. That's very true. I mean, yeah. drowning sounds like one of the most horrible ways to die, in my opinion. Like, that looks terrible. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... it's one of the reasons why I hate swimming, not because I'm afraid to drown. It's because when those incidences, when water does get up my nose, it's <laughs> the worst thing ever. It sucks. <laughs> It's the reason why I don't like spraying that fucking nasal spray in my nose. Hate oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's no fun. I hate that. Shit sucks. She continues struggling as he gives her instructions. She begins the, pro the, uh, the process on opening uh, the door. Calvin moving on her, uh, moving on her suit like an octopus. He, uh, he doesn't want to worry about, or she doesn't want. He doesn't want her to worry about him, promising that they'll get her inside and get him off or get it off. She continues struggling as she gasps for air. He shouts for her to turn it clockwise, but she continues turning it counterclockwise. He calls out to Miranda, relaying that she's fighting him as she turns her lever the wrong way. He tries to pull on the lever, but she continues fighting against him, yelling for her to pull the lever. Miranda tells him that he doesn't want to know. He tells him what he doesn't want to know that cat is doing this deliberately to not allow calvin back inside then jump off what are you doing <laughs> damn all this time you're taking here this thing is fucking like super close jump off <laughs> Fuck. i you mean want at this point she's she's probably thinking it can't open this door right but this thing fucking is smart enough to like go through valves and shit. Yeah. Like, and eat coolant so it can <laughs> fit through valves. Like what? 
He watches as she takes her last labor breaths, floating away into space. Calvin getting enough power to push himself back onto the station, looking for another way inside. David left sobbing as he watches his commander float away, asking himself, quote, what is going on? End quote. Shows in the control room sobbing as, as, she, leave, as she leaves off the radar. Miranda also sobbing as Hugh calls out to them, telling them to keep it together. Come on now, chip, chip, keep it together. <laughs> he doesn't sound like that. But I think that, that they may have an opportunity. Knowing that he cannot live much longer out there, he asks Sho if he's, if he's sure that they've lost all communication to Earth. He, um, he is. Hugh explaining that they have... His show. Uh, what? His show. He, sh- he for like show. Sure. He for show. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really for show. Uh, <laughs> Hugh explaining that they uh, have to keep it out there. Miranda sharing that they have a new firewall. She asks David if he, if, if he can see it. David instructs Joe to reflood the airlock. He does so. David, um, being able to take off his helmet as show, um, or, Take off his helmet on show's command. Looking out of the window, asking if Cat closed the valve. Miranda claims that it's closed. He wonders what other way could it get inside. Show believes the thrusters. Thinking it, um, if it tries, they could blast it off, but they have to know which one. David's not able to see anything because it's too dark. So, uh, show suggests that they use thrust, thrusters thruster sensors if calvin climbs into one of the nozzles the temperature should move david agrees calvin um comes push rushing past him startling him the temperature on the thruster to, uh thruster two moves show fires that one he asks if miranda can reach tranquility she moves to a window explaining that they missed and to turn on the thruster she spots it moving t- quickly toward the lab david apologizing for um not being able to see but they're able to see the um the third thruster moves show fires it stopping it as they continue watching the sensors fifth thruster moving and they fire that one uh hugh asking if david can see but he can't miranda and show hold hold on as it goes off she calls show but shows alarm uh shows alarm sounds for critical low fuel he turns off the thrusters this place sucks (laughs) like like this place just felt like it was so unprepared to do any of this and it's fascinating because that seems like that's exactly why they're there. Right. Like, that's the ironic part where it's just like, you're supposed to be doing this shit all safe and in a controlled environment or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And maybe it was the fact that homeboy Hugh got lazy and fucking missed this thing. <laughs> but besides that, we still have this very weird thing of like, secrecy going on with them as we're going to learn later that Miranda's keeping something from them so that was interesting and I'm just like what like wait a second very alien for real for real David asked what that was show explaining that they burned through too much fuel them already being low after the pilgrim he quite he uh and 
because of all the thrusting, they place themselves into a decaying orbit, reaching atmosphere if he um if he can't get them back to stable, needing the rest of the fuel to do do it, not sure if they have an if they have that much left. Miranda disagrees, reminding David that they can't risk Calvin riding into atmosphere. He won man, dude, I'm just saying. Fuck <laughs> it. Like I don't give a shit if Calvin makes it to our atmosphere. At least if I'm home, I know I can run. Like, I'm still floating <laughs> and shit. Although he has been up there for a year, I am sure that, like, he's forgotten how to completely live in, on Earth. Yeah, true. Because you, you see those videos of, like, astronauts who come back home and they forget that, like, things don't float here because gravity. And, like, they'll just, like, drop like some shit and you're like oh fuck i thought that was gonna fly i mean i already feel that way after like spending a whole day in a pool i can only imagine that's over fair. a year in space that's completely fair yeah very true yeah. he wonders if it could survive that hugh no longer sure since um it's gone be uh beyond any living organism should be able to survive miranda checks the their uh, their orbit trajectory wanting to let it back inside to make sure it doesn't it doesn't get to earth calvin questions moving it on uh, moving on the outside of the station hugh and show spotting the last sensor uh, move until it drops back down. Knowing that they uh, just let it back inside, Show moves them back into a stable orbit. They are all together, Hugh theorizing that uh, these creatures could have dominated Mars for hundreds of millions of years. Knowing that they hibernate with a, with a loss of atmosphere, wanting to deprive Calvin of air, retreat in tranquility, and seal themselves off. Miranda completing that they uh, that they that the vent um, the Excuse me. Miranda completing that they vent the rest of the, the station. He agrees. Quote, quote, unquote, no life support, no life. All right. It's heavy, though, because that means they're, um, they're going to take themselves out, right? Right. But yeah. they are going to try to reach tranquility, which I believe is a completely separate room that has like air, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, which we see them um, go into tranquility once, I believe. But yeah, she agrees, instructing uh, that Hugh and her will uh, sweep quest quest east. David and Joe scour the poles, looking off, uh, locking off each compartment. The crew all all get to work as quickly as possible. Calvin begins moving towards them. Hugh and Miranda jumping from it, but. Uh, moving through the halls but they can't but they continue sealing up and containing Hugh seemingly becoming weaker as show shares that it'll take about four hours to vent off oxygen miranda asks about uh what to what to do till then david suggesting that they that they wait she excuse me I read that wrong. Miranda asks what they should do till then. David suggesting that they wait. She checks on Hugh as she as he spaces out, turning his head to look at her, to look at her as she asks him again. He weakly claims that he's fine. They're all waiting for tranquility. David remembers when uh, Challenger blew up. When the Challenger blew up, to, uh, taking them out of school early, commenting that it uh, it's hard to watch people die, comparing it to fireworks. Hugh quotes the the eulogy quote. Up, up, the long, delirious, burning blue. I've topped the windswept heights with ease and grace. 
end quote. Show shares the wor- to, that Rory would say uh, to not give him a eulogy, but to give him a parachute. They chuckle, Hugh commenting that he was his buddy thinking it uh, was his fault. I mean, kind of. Miranda tells him that... <laughs> It doesn't matter, knowing that it was a risk when they got got on got it on board. He claims that it was just surviving, and that life's existence requires destruction. Knowing that Calvin doesn't hate them, but it has to kill them in order to survive. He touches his leg when he uh, then his head falls back. David and Miranda go over to check on him. He's startled back awake, about to apologize before slipping away. His vitals beeping um, as he, they shake him. I mean, God damn. I do I enjoy ask these you. moments of where just this shit just happens out of nowhere. I'm a big <laughs> yeah. fan of that. Do you think Hugh was fully aware of what Calvin was doing to him and let it happen? Um, that's a great question. I do to an extent. Like, okay. I think he knows Calvin is on him. Because he touches his leg. Yeah. And I think he knows Calvin is on him and feeding off of him because he also gets super weak, right? Yeah. But I don't know why. Exactly. Like, it still doesn't make sense as to why. So since the why doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to assume that he doesn't know. Okay. Because the why doesn't make sense. Yeah. But who knows? They grab the defibrillator. Moving um, Hugh to lie, lie him down, Miranda checks his vitals as they prep the defibrillator to 360 joules. They begin the, def- the defibrillating pro- uh, to they begin the defibrillating until they get an output. David sighing from uh, from relief um, that he really scared him there. She calls out to David to look at Hugh's pants leg as it moves. She goes over to him, unzipping his pants leg. Uh, they all they all are startled as they come back from as they move back from Calvin, feeding off of Hugh's leg. This is Ugh, such gnarly. a great scene, though. Yeah, like you get Calvin in this state where he's just like completely wrapped around his leg, and it looks awesome. Yeah, looks I so- mean, it, it's what's fascinating is that. They just all had no idea that he was there, right there, right next to them. Right. This whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That is so Mm -hmm. crazy. Show grabs a plasma cutter, about to hand it to David, but it slips away. Well, fuck. (laughs) Uh, She grabs (laughs) the defibrillator, shocking Calvin. It it just having it move off of Hugh's leg, releasing the blood into into the zero gravity room. David uh, commands them to uh, get out of there as Calvin reveals its newly developed teeth. They all start moving, to, uh, making their way to uh, out of there, yelling for show to leave Hugh, suggesting to come back for him. Calvin quickly swimming through uh, through the space, chasing after the, uh, them through the halls, grabbing Show's leg, but he kicks it off of him. David tries grabbing Show uh, to bring him inside the room, but he yells no as he moves downward instead. He closes the door on Calvin, causing him to run into the door. This was so fucking sc- stupid. <laughs> thought I was going to say cool but this shit yeah, is so fucking dumb like first of all we got show just out of nowhere 
acting completely out of character. Like, the door was open for show, yet he fucking, like, skirts to the side so he can go hide inside of his chamber or his okay. pod. So, I'm going to explain my perspective on what went down because do. earlier I had asked you when they I asked are they going to sacrifice themselves to get rid of Calvin and you said there was a room where they can go to to keep themselves safe so I was under the impression that was not the case and that they were they all agreed they were going to die and I had it had seemed like show was not down because you know he just had a baby born and he wants to come back right. to earth right 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 um so in this moment, it felt like Sho truly didn't believe he was going to make it inside in time and was just thinking quickly on his feet and, you know, trying to get out of the way, avoid it, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why he starts acting very out of character, because I was under the assumption that they were all going to take it out while taking themselves out. But Sho was not about that. Um, so I think he was trying to go rogue and find a way to get out on his own, but it didn't work out. Right. I mean, that that's interesting, but it just, that doesn't make sense for the rest of the film. Cause like, if that was the case, they could have done that a long time ago. This thing wants to get them. Like it wants you really bad. <laughs> so like, yeah. I feel like just leave the door open, you know, like why shut the door? Mm-hmm. True. But, Good point. Because I think that room that they were inside of was the Tranquility Room. But, yeah, I mean, I don't fucking know. But, yeah, it it just seemed a little out of character for me personally. But another reason why I think this whole thing is stupid is it makes like a cartoon sound when it hits the door. It's like, boing! Oh, does it really? Yes! (laughs) Not good. It's not a good sound design at all. It's really bad. That's funny. Uh, he continues chasing after show as he locks himself inside of his pod. He tries calling for the crew, but uh, his walkie has interference. Calvin slowly creeps along the sides, trying to find a way inside, wiping its tentacle around, staring at him as it crushes the pod. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, this was very intimidating. It wraps itself around this whole pod. And starts crushing it while what, looking into Show's eyes. Yeah, what creeps me out as well is that uh, eventually it sees that it can't really crush it, so it starts using one of its tentacles to like feel around and see like, hmm, where can I get in? Like, where is an opening? And it really shows off its intelligence in this scene. Yes, absolutely, completely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh. It creaking as it squeezes harder, but it gives up. David and Miranda go back to Hugh. He asks about Calvin, um, but they don't know where he is. Hugh's vitals not showing anything good. David shaking his head at Miranda, knowing that he's not going to make it. Hugh asks uh, about Show's whereabouts. She claims that he's fine, sharing that they stopped that they uh, stopped all oxygen venting in the station. David notices that the oxygen levels are quickly moving back up as Hugh groans. He asks if uh, for them to lift him up. They unbuckle him, gently lifting, uh, gently lifting him up so he can die, not being tied down and free. Miranda sobs. 
this this is where I would say that it would have been an awesome reveal if fucking um Calvin could lay eggs, right? Yeah. Like this would have been awesome. Where granted it probably wouldn't have made too much sense because I mean, but at the same time, it's a fucking alien, so who cares? Like it could reproduce. Like that would be <laughs> so cool if it could self-reproduce, right? Yeah. So Backwood show looking at a picture of his wife and daughter telling the photos that he's coming back home in Japanese about about to press the release button but doesn't end up pressing it Miranda speaks to David while picking picking at her skin that she uh, feels it that she feels isn't scientific or rational she feels hatred for the alien a ping surfaces to, uh, on their radar it being Calvin sporadically moving she wonders um, how it's moving like that David believing that it swallowed the market the marker on Hugh's leg knowing Knowing now that they can track it, droplets of blood leave his leave her finger. Calvin moving rapidly throughout the ship, following the droplets of blood floating in the air. It eventually finding its way back to Hugh, who's floating in a different room, stationed by belts. Calvin starts entering its mouth. Or, yeah, excuse me. Calvin's... Uh, starts opening its mouth, realizing that it's a tarp or a trap as Miranda and David close the hatch, locking the creature inside. Awesome. Now leave. <laughs> like, yep. fuck, fuck trying to kill this thing. Fucking leave. It's trapped for yep, now. Yep, yep. Go in your pods and get the fuck out. Dip. Yeah, it could have been done. You don't always have to watch these fucking things die. Sleep. <laughs> Sleep. David is ready to kill this thing, but get in the process to drain the oxygen out of the room. They check the radar, it bouncing around the room, suffocating. Miranda questioning how long it, um, that's going to take, but he doesn't know. An automated voice alarms a proximity alert. He looks outside the window, seeing another ship is approaching, believing that Kat's distress call actually reached Earth. She asks what they are dock, um, where they are docking, it being the area where Calvin is. David shares, or uh, excuse me, David tries reaching out um, to, to the ship, but nothing. Miranda hands him a flashlight to try instead. He flicks the flashlight, but they can't see it. Crashing their ship into the docking area. The station rattles and jolts, shattering the glass on show's pod. David doesn't understand what they're uh, doing about, about to move into the, another area. Uh, Miranda excuse me, stops him to share that uh, this is Firewall 3, explaining that um, one was the box, two the lab, and three the station. He's confused. Since they have a, a new firewall, she answers that uh, they don't know that, adding if one or two failed, they only have two choices. They can either contain or expel, revealing that they are pushing them out into deep space, not allowing Calvin to reach Earth. So they chose expel. Okay, fair enough. This whole thing, though, super fascinating. It was just extra nom noms for Calvin, right? Like, <laughs> these people came out of fucking nowhere. <clears throat> yep. But shows like this is once again like show being out of character. Where and we'll get to what he does next. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
that being protocol insisting from the beginning um, and the committee agreeing, them all putting their names on it. She expresses the protecting that protecting the firewall is her job, and if they succeeded, they could have gone home. But if they fail, she doesn't complete and she doesn't uh, complete it. David understanding what's next. You know, I find this whole thing to also be super cheesy. The whole aspect of yeah. like, oh no, we're not going to be saved. They're pushing us out. Blah blah blah. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I felt like this could have been a little bit stronger here because a lot of the stuff that's going on is pretty strong, but we just have sh- show's character acting so off the wall. And like, I get it. He's probably trying to get back to earth to get to his family, but it's just like, take the pod. What the fuck is going on? But uh, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I contextualize it by like, he's like just trying to get back home to his family. Um, Well, he's doing a bad job at it. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Yeah, <laughs> she releases himself out of his pod or show releases himself out of his pod telling his his daughter to wait for him he quickly moves down the halls toward the collision he david mentioning um that they that he believes it is a rescue as they watch him on the radar miranda um fearing that he's headed right toward calvin they bolt into action to stop him she quick she moves quickly um ten ten to she moves quickly to the tent uh, to tent to the. Oh, I think I think I know what happened. It combined two words. Uh, she moves quickly <laughs> to tend to the room where Calvin um, was separated. Open and opening the section that uh, that met their that met their station. Miranda shouts for him to stop, but he can't hear them. Nobody inside the other capsule. He turns back around, grabbing a lever to open the other section. Calvin quietly moving behind him as he opens the door. David and Miranda scream for show as the car uh, gets brutally demolished by the creature. They try making their way to show as he tries meeting back up with them as well. The alarm blaring as the capsule is beginning to detach. David holding on to uh, Miranda while she holds on to show. Calvin attaches to his leg, climbing on top, at, um, climbing on top of him. Trying to make it to uh, Miranda. She yells for him not to let go, but he grabs hold of Calvin, flying back toward the sit, uh, excuse me, um, flying back toward the suction. You know, not every hero wears capes, I guess. Like you say you need a hero. Uh, Calvin starts shredding <laughs> into his mouth as David and Miranda continue holding on. He loses his grip on, on, on her, but she catches herself. David climbing his way back up to the straps. She shoots, uh, she shoots him back. Um, or she shoes him back, but he keeps coming. They make it into the other room, closing the door on Calvin, watching as the station gets destroyed by the other ship. David is in shock that the CPU is still up, but they are losing life support. The temperature is is always 
excuse me, the temperature is also dropping as he doesn't know how to stop it. She wonders how much they, how much time they have. He believes um, that they have two hours or maybe an hour and 45, but something catches his attention. He explains that they are no longer moving deeper into space because all of the thrusting. They are back decaying again. He checks something else a knowing show has, has a subroutine. Since they don't have fuel, he calculates that they'll hit the atmosphere in 39 minutes. Both feeling hopeless, Miranda explains that they aren't going to survive reentry, but Calvin possibly will. Y'all done fucked up. <laughs> like, and I gl- I'm so happy that they admit this shit, that they fucked up. This is their fault. Yeah. Like, come on. We only have these two now alive, right? Cat's dead. Uh, Hugh's dead. Rory's dead. And now show. So now we only are stuck with these two being alive, uh, which very happy about this small cast that we have to deal with here. Really nice to keep a hold of. Really nice. Yeah. Uh, the station now more desolate than ever leaves Miranda shivering from the temperature drop. David grabs the Goodnight Moon book that floats to him. He shares that his father used to read it to him um, when he was a kid. He begins reading it. Uh, she tries. Uh, she tries to ignore her. Sh- um, she tries. I don't know what I was trying to say here. I think I was trying to say she tries to ignore her shivers while listening to him with sobs. He throws it. He throws it back as um as she shares the her first attempt. <laughs> I just realized what I said. He throws it back. <laughs> like, <laughs> well. When all else fails, Miss will throw that ass back. He throws it back <laughs> as, he, as she shares her first time seeing a picture of Earth, asking her father about the borders. He, he uh, her, um, he chuckle. Her chuckles turn into so- soft sobs as she expresses um, missing him. David caresses her face as she as she tells tells the moon, stars, and air good night which has him come up with another brain blast they plan as david reminds miranda that calvin needs oxygen to survive but see here's the fucking thing do you know that now because he was obviously in space for a long fucking time so does he need oxygen to survive did he yeah i was a little confused about that new i don't know organism that is no longer carbon base i don't know because like it sounds to me that Calvin definitely does not need oxygen to survive. You guys tried this twice already. You tried by taking yep. out the oxygen from the whole fucking place that you're in, which is why your girl Miranda is cold over here because oxygen is dropping like crazy. And he was in space. How how many times are you going to try this? Third, not third time that. the charm? He, it's from Mars, right? Yeah. So it's from Mars. Yeah, and there was never a problem before. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's like I just don't get I don't get this part. Like, I guess the hibernation part, part, right? I think that's Maybe. what it is, because I, I guess what they were saying before was it was hibernating on Mars for millions of years, but that just then oh, states right. that there used to be oxygen on Mars. Right. But yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it like entered the stasis pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the O2 levels be, uh, begins 
or the old two levels start dropping um, so low on the ship that it will draw him into the oxygen candles, them using those as bait. The, uh, there being two lifeboats that, th- that are both set to default entry t- uh, trajectory, instructing her to p- press the button, them autopiloting themselves to surface, unless somebody overrides them uh, from the inside. They continue shivering while formulating their plan of trapping Calvin into boat A with, uh, with him while uh, holding the stick long enough to fly into deep space wanting to her to get inside boat b and press her button um taking her back home she doesn't want to uh wanting to trap calvin together he tells her no that not be, uh, making sense since the lifeboats are meant for one person this being her plan all along to uh to make sure it doesn't make it to earth she feels that reasoning requires her to be an a but he explains that he's a pilot and she's plan b he expresses that um he expresses that he belongs up there, mocking that he doesn't want to go back to those eight billion fuckers. Damn. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, what? Okay. Okay. I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. So, if this was your plan all along, hear me out. Why didn't you just let it be trapped in a room with you? Well, I think I think what he's saying is like you know your whole plan all along was to keep this thing from uh, staying away from Earth. Now you can execute on that, right? Uh, Use me as part of your plan, and you know he's 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 trying to joke around, make her feel better about her living and him dying. Yeah, but obviously the opposite happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, we'll get there. I guess we'll get there. Touching her face, wanting her to um, say that she trusts him, and she does so. This was interesting. Like, like looked like they had a thing there. Where yeah, it was weird. I was like, wait, because I I thought he had a thing with the other astronaut. Same here. See, okay, so yeah. I was just like, oh, you know what? I think he was fucking them both. Problems off. <laughs> uh, they are <laughs> they're in their suits, moving into uh, moving on with the plan. David instructing her to wait there, and he'll signal her. They close the door between each other as he turns on the flashlight to descend. He moves in across the lab, searching for, for searching for something. Uh, meanwhile, Miranda begins coughing as the oxygen continues dropping dropping below. Uh, the alarm sounds off as she turns her on her light back down to with David looking at, at their sleeping pods. Um, here's something going in the direction in search for Calvin. He's startled by bumping into something floating, then startled again, um, from Rory's corpse. Calvin wraps himself around the light source. David moves away, uh, from him, trying to lure him again with, with another. Once it's done with the source, it moves to, to, it moves on to the next. He moves down into boat A, strapping himself in um, in as the light source floats around him. I'm not going to lie. This thing was so fucking cute when it wrapped around this light source. It like wrapped around it and I just <laughs> pictured it purring. <laughs> I like, <laughs> like, I was I can like, see that. Oh, like, looks like a Pokemon. Um <laughs> Miranda, on the other hand, is becoming more and more weak as her oxygen levels continues dropping. She gets the signal from David, opening the, um, the other hatch and springing into action. David quickly finish, finishes strapping himself in, putting on his helmet as Calvin rushes into the, into uh, his helmet, onto his helmet. 
attached to a side. He grabs the light source, luring um, Calvin to attach to it. It does so, floating around as he um, as he it consumes the light. David is able to get the system the systems turned on while going over his markers to control. Miranda makes it, makes it to her boat, putting her helmet on and turning her oxygen on. David goes over his countdown for the emergency exit. She gets ready for her for her as well, but um is taken bait but excuse me, but it is taken a bit longer than he is. Calvin is almost done um, with his light source as, as David initiates manual override to control the thrusters away from the atmosphere. Miranda records herself on the on the black box just in case she doesn't survive. See? This is her fucking first mistake right here. She's taken to <laughs> Record that shit when you're close to Earth. Like, yeah, come on. Explaining that Calvin killed four of the six ISS astronauts and the fifth, Dr. David Jordan, carrying it out into deep space. She continues that her fifth colleagues, um, her, her five colleagues, sacrificed themselves for protecting the firewall. Wanting them to be honored for giving um, everything to the cause, changing that Mars uh, life forms should be considered hostile and to not underestimate their intelligence and adaptive capabilities capabilities she continues that they didn't that they didn't learn how to strain or eliminate it but if the creature ever reaches um earth she instructs them to use every available human resource to try and destroy it or they will risk all human life while they are while they or while they are orbiting down she is struck by debris and begins spiraling out into space this is the fucked up part because like <laughs> when she's struck by debris is just like damn if she would have been in A and David was in B, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. They were on completely two separate trajectory paths. That was fucking crazy. It's fate. Yep, they were all meant to die. David, on the other hand, is forced <laughs> by Calvin to remove his hand from the joystick. It pins him, it, it pins him to the wall, leaving him screaming and struggling while, while it opens his helmet, meeting him face to face before quickly transforming into something sharper and attacking him. Well, sort of. Back with Miranda, still trying to gain control of her boat while uh, the other in enters Earth's atmosphere at top speeds. It parachutes. Po it its parachutes pop out, allowing the boat to fall into the Viet into Vietnam waters. Two boatmen express their curiosity as they move closer to. Um, as they move closer toward the vessel, the two men inside the glass. Um, Oh, excuse me, the two men check inside the glass, it revealing that David and Calvin are the ones who made it to Earth while Miranda moves deeper into space, screaming, no. Fuck. <laughs> this is my second favorite scene. Um, the two men try to help him out of the boat as David also screams, no, and for them to get away, Calvin is completely webbed around David as the two men get the door open and others approach them. Then, credits. I do like the ending a lot. I fucking love this ending. Yeah. Oh my god, I love this ending so much. So goddamn good. So goddamn good. Man. Anyway, I got some motherfucking movie facts for this. Movie facts? <gasps> it was intended to have Ryan Reynolds play the main character. However... Wow. Scheduling conflicts with the hitman's bo bodyguard forced him to take a supporting role instead. That makes a lot more sense then, because I was wondering 
how a character he would have played would have died off so quickly. Very true. Rebecca Ferguson had originally turned down the part of, of Dr. Miranda North, the British quarantine officer, as she thought she would not live up to the standards of the movie. She expressed her anxiety and fear to the producer, who advised her to talk to Daniel Espinosa, whose philosophy and ideas for the film impressed her enough to change her mind and take part in the movie. Wow, interesting. It was rumored that this film was the prequel to Venom, but it was subs- uh, subsequently debunked. Oh, uh, so I thought it, I thought you were going to say originally it was, and they changed scope and decided not to do that. But I, I was going to say I think it would have been a stronger movie if it had that context. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this was Skydance's first rated R f- uh, feature film. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Really? Because I think Skydance isn't that like what? What the fuck does Skydance make? Skydance Media. Let me look this up. Cause now I'm curious. Cause I feel like they made like World War Z and shit. Yeah, World War oh, Z. Um, that's not rated R. I thought it was, but I oh, guess I guess not. this is the first one, not the only one. Well, that was but depending on when it came out. Actually, World War oh, Z was wow. 2013. Um, Terminator Genesis, which I also thought was rated R, but I guess not. Was it 2015? Life was 2017. Uh, Baywatch. I completely <laughs> forgot they redid that. Um, yep. Ah, Annihilation. Annihilation was their second one. Ah. Annihilation was so fucking good, though. God damn. God <laughs> damn. What a flick. Right now, they're making a movie called Bermuda. Mm. And this is with Scott Derrickson. Ah. Scott Derrickson's making Bermuda. That's cool. Or I think. Actually, now I don't know because I click on Bermuda <laughs> and it just goes straight to Scott Derrickson's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Whatever. I don't fucking know. Let's continue some of these fucking movie facts. Uh, the movie was inspired by Alien. Uh, that seem, seems normal. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, this this was Skydance's first project not to be released by Paramount. Instead, Columbia Pictures produced it. Okay, cool. Um, in the red band trailer of the movie, two character deaths were subtly given away. That's unfortunate. Why would they do that? Oh, yeah. Why would they? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, near the beginning of the movie, before the crew catches the sample pod, Hugh quickly comments that, quote, I have a good feeling about this, end quote. This could be a nod <laughs> to the famous spoken line in Star Wars films, I have a bad feeling about this. This would be ironic as things in Star Wars worked out in the long run and things in life did not. <laughs> it's funny. I wonder how much of a stretch that is or how actual it is. Yeah. Very interesting. But yeah. anyway... <laughs> <laughs> that was life. Let us know what you think about life over on our Twitter at nightlight underscore pod because we definitely want to keep this conversation going. Or you can head over to our Discord and let us know over there, um, which is going to be inside of our show notes. But the next film we are going to be covering is was a film that was actually voted on on our Patreon by our ghoulish knights, which is going what, to be what? attack the block i know they chose this movie and if you would like to choose one of the movies that we also watch as well you can do so by heading over to our patreon.com slash nightlight pod and signing up for our torch or uh, actually 
any of our tiers, actually, now that I mention it, um, signing up for our candle, torch, or our lantern tier. And you too can also choose the films that we watch. Um, we are doing this monthly, and it always is going to be the end of the month to kind of end our months off with a chosen film by you all. So if that's something you would be into and want to choose a film that we want to talk about, let's do that shit. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knights. Alongside me, I had David. Stay spooky, everyone. Always and forever, also known as Nightly. With your help, we can reach more Ghoulish Nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our show, consider giving us five-star rating, as it does help us out a ton. For extra horror content, um, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod, and that's I with a what? Okay. And remember, everybody, don't forget... <laughs>